This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Coming up on Stu Does America, Blaze TV's Sarah Gonzalez joins us to talk about the latest in the Free Britney movement and a look into the 2024 race. Things appear to be less than cordial in VP Kamala Harris's office as multiple reports detail increasing levels of dissent among the staff. Who would have seen it coming? And America's one-time wonderful dad is released from prison after the overturning of his 2018 criminal conviction. I'm sure you're all just like me and have tons of personal opinions on the matter, but today we're looking purely at the facts and procedures to determine if justice was served, as we do. Bill Cosby. Stu does America. Hmm. Stu does Bill Cosby. Did Bill Cosby consent to this? I don't know, but I will say uh, it doesn't feel good to be on the wrong side of that equation, does it? Bill Cosby might be the most terrible person in the universe. Very well, it might be true. But was his conviction a miscarriage of justice? Looking at these uh, things that happened uh, over the past couple of, uh, I guess, just day or two, as we get this ruling released from the Pennsylvania Supreme Court that shocked a lot of people. Uh, he, I mean, Bill Cosby just went home. Usually, like, I feel like we have a result from court and it's like six months of legal wrangling and finally maybe they get released. Bill was just like there one day and, and then he was at home later that, that night. It was like, no big deal. Just this, this giant story just going to completely reverse itself. That's 2021 for you. That's where we're going right now. We did have a, a couple of interesting responses from the interwebs. Claire Huxtable, also known as Felicia Rashad, tweeted, finally, a terrible wrong is being righted. A miscarriage of justice is corrected. Of course, we must have a response from Aunt Viv from, from French, Fresh Prince, right? She writes, Felicia, what are you thinking? I don't know you, but to say this is terribly wrong. Everyone knew what he was doing back then. How could you not get your umbrella, sister? Here comes the something shower. I think it was a bad word. They blacked it out. I am outraged that he has been released. And yes, he is an old, an old ass guilty man. Ah, okay. The battle of Aunt Viv and uh, Claire Huxtable. I mean, Claire's married to the guy. You'd expect her to be maybe a little bit defensive, just like his real wife, which is very strange. What you need to understand about this case, we talked about it a little bit yesterday, but it is, in my view, a miscarriage of justice that Bill Cosby was ever put into prison in the first place. And I don't mean that because I think he was innocent. I don't necessarily really believe that. In fact, I haven't seen much evidence that really anybody believes it. I mean, I don't even know if his family believes it, frankly. I think most people believe that Bill Cosby did a lot of bad things and he is not a good guy and should be in prison in a moral sense. However, uh, that's not how the legal system works. You have to have rules, you have to have process, and those things must be followed even if 
you think the worst person in the world is on the good side of this particular ruling. Let's go back to the beginning of this. 2004, this incident uh, possibly probably happens uh, between Bill Cosby and uh, this accuser. So Bill Cosby is accused. Okay, that's step one of this. So the, the, they go to the DA and they say, can we convict this guy? Well, the DA didn't have evidence for the conviction. Castor looked at this, Bruce Castor, and he said, you know, I'm looking at this case right now. And what I see is something that is over a year old and no physical evidence, no real circumstantial evidence. What we have is a woman who didn't seemingly tell anybody at the time a year later now saying Bill Cosby uh, assaulted her. The only way we're going to get a conviction is if Bill Cosby basically comes out and admits it or makes a mistake or starts talking. However, can't really happen. So the DA gives Cosby immunity. Why does he give Cosby immunity? It's not technically immunity, but basically he promises we're not going to prosecute you on this, uh, on this uh, crime. Why does he do that? Well, he does that because he's looking, as in his words, to get some semblance of justice here. Basically to say, if we can get him to start talking and answer uh, questions in a civil case, at least we can get some semblance of justice. They, she can at least get some money. Uh, there can be some sort of retribution for what could potentially be a very serious crime. But we don't have enough evidence to get him in the criminal sense. And what happens here is when, when he no longer can be prosecuted and put into prison, he no longer can plead the Fifth Amendment. The Fifth Amendment is going to protect him from that prosecution. The prosecution is not possible, so he cannot protect himself from the prosecution that cannot occur. Therefore, he basically waives his Fifth Amendment rights in a way and says, goes to the, the deposition and has to talk and answer all of these uh, questions. So Cosby goes and answers these questions for the civil suit. Uh, now, when he is in this civil suit testimony, he says a lot of things that make him look very bad. Now, it's important to note at no point does he say, yes, I assaulted these women. At no point does he say, yes, I did, I did the things I'm being accused of. What he does say, though, is that he bought quaaludes uh, with the intent of, of having sex with the uh, people uh, that he was going to be, quote unquote, partying with. If you, there's a split here, right, in the storyline. Bill Cosby is basically saying, look, we were going to do drugs, we were going to drink, do drugs, and have sex. It was party, rock and roll party lifestyle. I was a big famous guy. I wanted to have sex with lots of uh, women, and that's what I was doing. I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't trying to have sex against their will. It was just party time. The women say, uh, yeah, I had a sip of wine, and all of a sudden I fell over. Right? Like They're saying that he was drugging us with these quaaludes. He has not, it's important to note, he does not admit that. But there's a lot of people accusing him of very similar things. And it does seem like there's a lot of shady activity going on. So the, he basically says this in the suit. He says, I bought quaaludes with the intent of having sex with these women. Um, the civil suit testimony, uh, it, part of this deal is that it's going to be sealed, right? No one can know what he said uh, in this case, and he can't be prosecuted for it. So that DA leaves, and a new DA comes in, and the new district attorney says, hey, you know what? You know that whole deal we had where we said we weren't going to put you in prison for this, and we weren't going to uh, let anyone find out what was in this testimony? What if that deal no longer existed. I know you went through this entire process with this promise from uh, the state, 
But what if we just ignore that? That's not how the legal system works. The new DA decided that Cosby no longer had that immunity that was promised to him before. So the new district attorney also decided that the testimony would no longer be sealed. Now, this is totally blowing up their agreement and is not how our legal system is supposed to work. So Bill Cosby then goes through this criminal trial and he gets charged eventually, originally gets charged with a crime and goes through the trial. Now, why is Cosby convicted at the end of this trial? He's convicted largely based on the previously sealed testimony. So they promised him the testimony would be sealed and they lied about that. And then they promised... I mean, it was leaked to the media. And then it was pro- he was promised that he would not be prosecuted and go to prison for this crime, which, again, he was just, they just decided to change their mind on that. So think about this situation for a minute. Let me summarize here. They told him he couldn't go to prison for this crime. They told him if he testified in the civil suit, it would be sealed. And then they said, more than a decade later, Just kidding, you can go to prison, and we're going to use the sealed testimony to make that happen. That's why the Supreme Court did what it did. I know this is unpopular. I understand that. But the court agreed with me here. Here's a quote from uh, their ruling yesterday. When an unconditional charging decision is made publicly and with the intent to induce action, the testimony, and reliance by the defendant, that's Cosby, And when the defendant does so to his detriment, and in some instances upon the advice of counsel, denying the defendant the benefit of that decision is an affront to fundamental fairness, particularly when it results in a criminal prosecution that was foregone for more than a decade. A contrary result would be patently untenable. It would violate long-cherished principles of fundamental fairness It would be antithetical to and corrosive of the integrity and functionality of the criminal justice system that we strive to maintain. For these reasons, Cosby's convictions and judgment of sentence are vacated and he is discharged. Wow. This might seem like a massive miscarriage of justice. And I think it's very likely Uh, that the court released a serial rapist, so there is a good emotional argument for it, at least. But the truth is that we should be encouraged by this in a weird way. Bill Cosby might be among the worst people among us, but even he deserves due process. The First Amendment isn't designed to protect the speech everyone agrees with. That's easy. It's designed to protect almost all speech, in almost all circumstances, even the speech that we hate. Similarly, the concept of due process is is designed really to protect even the worst people among us. Cosby may very well be one of those people. And if so, this is a very tough pill to swallow for his victims. But the government doesn't just get to break the rules just because they don't like the person, or at least they're not supposed to. And we should take some solace in the fact that this time, the system Stop them. So are you trying to buy or sell a home right now? If you are, this is an exciting time for you because either you're about to probably get a hell of a good price on your house 
or you're about to be raked over the coals in the worst way possible if you're buying. Now, I will say it's okay to buy a house, even if you uh, might be getting a price that's a little bit higher than what you were willing to pay. If you really love the house, it's a good investment usually in the long term, but you got to be careful. This is the time to be very, very particular with what you're doing. If you're selling a house, don't just take the first offer that comes in. You know, don't fix every single thing that they want fixed. You've got some power here on this side of the equation. If you're a buyer, don't reach for the stars. Don't uh, don't spend three times as much as you should pay for a house. You still have to be you have to be careful. The name says it all when we're talking about realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go for you to find the best agent in your area, the person who can master all the things I've been talking about here. Get more information at realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, let's uh, welcome to the program Sarah Gonzalez, uh, of course, host of News and Why It Matters. I was on your show today, and now you're on my show. Yes, we did the little, a little tradesies. We did. A little tradesies This today. is fun, though, because I was ranting about Britney Spears <laughs> On your show. Uh, little known fact, I had no idea Super Gear was a Britney Spears fan. I will say, Toxic is one of the greatest songs of all time. <laughs> there's just no doubt I about mean, it. I mean, I can't disagree with and, you there. And there's several, I think, in that era that, that are, are great songs, are great pop songs. Yeah. Now, I'm not a, a, I wouldn't say a huge Britney fan. I did see Britney Spears in her residency, though. Uh, uh, very I'm up close. Very jealous. Very up of. close uh, when she was doing this in Vegas because my wife wanted to go, as yeah. you know, um, um, Lisa Page. Yes. Um, uh, loves the Britney. Yes. And so we went and we saw her. And, and uh, you know, it wasn't like old school Britney. She you know, seemed a little sleepwalky through it. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say the full effort was being put into the dance moves anymore, but she, it was but still pretty good. That's a residency, though. So, yeah. you're, I mean, she's doing the same damn thing every single night in Vegas. I can imagine yeah. that you would be a little sleepwalky. And, you know, you could tell she was doing the very same thing every single time. You know, she got to that point where, like, she's selling the same jokes. She's saying the same <laughs> yeah. things at the same times. You know, she had basically memorized this performance, right. which, oh, you know, usually you do that when you're like Wayne Newton's age. Like, <laughs> but she was there and she was doing it. And so she's in this conservatorship. There was this free Britney thing going on for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, you know, I listened to my wife's uh, podcast as well. And she had a, like an expert, I guess, yes. on the free bit Britney movement yes. on at one point. And I remember I thinking, listened to it, too. You did. Yeah, I did. And I remember thinking, I'm like, is this real? Yeah. Like, are is she really like imprisoned? <laughs> and now I think the American people say, yeah. Yeah. That's where we are. Yeah. A 39-year-old woman who, uh, again, has an Instagram account, was just doing a Vegas residency not that long ago. So seemingly able to manage her own faculties at least decently enough to work for a living and mm. make money uh, and be on social media. She's not like she's in the nut house, you know, closed off from all of society. Right. She's out there. Yet she needs a conservatorship. It it really boggles the mind. I have to believe. I know we did. We talked about this on the show a little bit, but I have to believe that uh, there's some sort of abuse of power going on, and not that there is that much more to the story. I know we don't know it all. Yeah. But I I cannot possibly fathom how a, an adult in the United States of America would need a conservatorship, an adult who is capable of working 
and being in the public eye, at least in some sort of fashion. Yeah, because I mean, conservatorship is typically aligned with like a dementia patient, right? Yeah. Someone who is completely unable yeah. to get through day-to-day -day life. Right. And that does not seem to be the case with Brittany. I mean, you know, my I, again, on my wife's Instagram page, and she she posts a lot of the Brittany's videos, mm -hmm. and they're very they're, weird. They are. They are weird. She they definitely are. seems off yes. a little, but yes. that is no reason to take away someone's freedom. If we had a conservatorship for everyone in America who was just a little <laughs> off, we would run out of people immediately. That's true. I mean, that's it's like, yes, she is a little bit off. There's clearly some things that are going on in her life, but the question remains, at what point do you say it's okay to take someone's freedom, even if that means the freedom to make a bad decision? Yeah, my, it's, inter it's tr totally true, because they, one of the reasons they keep bringing up is that, well, she's very vulnerable to someone defrauding her. And that might be true, actually. I mean, I, we can't dismiss that. Right. But even if it is true, that's not a reason for someone to not be able to take a drive with her boyfriend, as she alleges. We don't know if that's true, but she says she can't even do basic things like that. Right, right. Well, especially when the her claim, too, is that her dad is the one who really is, you know, mm -hmm. taking advantage of her. I mean, you want to talk about defrauding. I mean, if her claims are true, then she doesn't need to be worried about the company that's going to scam her. She needs to be worried about her dad, who is in part in charge of this. So it's just very bizarre. The testimony she gave last week was very, I mean, she made it clear she thought he was abusing the control. Uh, she, she, he liked to control every aspect of her life. That mm. he wasn't, the, the conservatorship was not letting her remove an IUD so that she could have a baby with her boyfriend, which again, it's like, do like do I think it's a good decision for a crazy person <laughs> who she does seem a little bit crazy? Do, do I think it's a good idea for her to get married and have more kids at 39? No. But do I think someone else should be in charge of those decisions of her life? Absolutely not. Right, it's not your decision. It's right. her decision in this country. Let me ask you this. Um, uh, you're on social media a lot. Of course, Sarah Gonzalez, a, much, a must follow on all, on all social media. Um, and you interact with the fans a lot, mm -hmm. um, people who watch Belize TV. What's their reaction to this? Is there, because part of me thinks when I talk about this, I feel like people who like, you know, conservative media are like, oh, shut up about Britney right. Spears, who cares? Right, right. And other people might see it as like, this is a personal freedom issue that is really important. Yeah, it, it is interesting because I did I did initially get a lot of what's going on with Britney. Right. Because right. I have a free Britney shirt. And oh, I wore okay. it, and, ah, okay. and I posted a picture, and there were multiple people who were like, why? What's, what, is she in prison? Right. Like, what's going on with her? So I think that they just didn't know. And I do think that conservatives do have a tendency to blow it off because it's like, oh, Britney Spears, it seems, pop star. Yeah, it seems like a, a silly side issue. Right, we right. all these important things. Why are we talking about Britney Spears? Right, exactly. It was, oh, you're going to talk about it. On, I'm sure we'll get these. Oh, you're going to talk about it on the news and why it matters. Why does this matter? Yeah. But it totally does if someone of this stature in the country, I mean, she's a pop icon. If she can have someone take over her entire life and still work and be in the public eye and say, I don't want this and it's forced on her, that's something that we should be talking about. Yeah, you know, and I think, you know, again, I, I think the court knows more about this and I met, brought this up on your show. Yeah. We don't know all the details. Maybe she is some terrible danger to herself or something and we don't know about it. I don't know. But taking that out of the uh, out of the out of the account for a second, like we've spent the last year and a half talking about individual business owners not being able to open up their business and how wrong that is. Mm -hmm. Well, if that's worthwhile to talk about, certainly a person who wants to be able to earn their own money, spend their own money, spend their life with the people they want to spend their life with. I mean, as as accused, 
be able to choose whether they want birth control or not. Right. I and mean, these are basic things that would certainly rise above the level of someone being able to open a gym in New Jersey. Yeah, I mean, I, what it seems to me is that, you know, I think maybe there, if there was a situation that maybe a temporary conservatorship would be warranted. It just seems a lot to me yeah. like it should be very hard uh, or should be very easy to get out of some sort of a temporary conservatorship. And it seems like the opposite is happening, that it's just once they do it, it, yeah. it's like it's not temporary, it's just forever. And it should, I just feel like it's, yeah. we should be going the opposite way. Like it should be very easy to get out of. They should be the ones to have to show countless evidence to prove that you should mm -hmm. still be in it, not the other way around. It just feels a lot like that's not what's happening. Yeah, it seems like it is very hard to get into, right. but also very hard to get, out, to get of. out of. And we should be erring on the side of people being able to uh, get out of it yeah. if, if there's any sign that they're okay. It does seem to be that there is a big crossover here between this and sort of the COVID situation. Mm -hmm. So much of this has been about people being able to choose their life, yeah. choose what they do with their life, even if that choice is bad, mm -hmm. right? Even if that choice is, is, is wrong. And, and I think, you know, that's why it does seem like at least that conservatives, but also all across the aisle have come to this conclusion that look, unless you can prove that this person is out to hurt themselves or hurt someone else in, in the immediate future, this has got to end. The courts did not agree, though. That was surprising. Yeah, it was. And I mean, I, I do agree with you, though, that this is there is, I think, an uprising of people who are recognizing more after COVID that uh, your freedom is not always just going to be there for you yeah. if you don't stand up and uh, and fight for it. So I mean, that was one of the things I remember at the beginning of all this, watching the uh, first China and then Italy mm -hmm. and these shutdowns happening. And you're just like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, uh, it, especially China, because then they'd have people yeah. who were they were being dragged out of their apartments, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Welded into their apartments at <laughs> times, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it is it's the world has changed in, in a very dramatic way very quickly. And I think that's one of the things to learn from this era is. This stuff, you know, Reagan said this back in the day. You're, you know, we're always one generation away from losing all of mm -hmm. this. This experiment we've worked so hard on is not a sure thing. And it seems like the left is going further and further to try to get rid of that foundation here in this country. Yeah, I could not agree with you more there, which is why at the beginning of all of this, mm -hmm. I tried to tell people you cannot give them an inch. No. Because if you do, it's, it's like the kid's book, if you give a mouse a cookie, wait, then you know, he's going to want a glass of milk, mm -hmm. and then he's going to need a napkin to wipe his mouth, okay. and then he's going to, it's just, it's it never, never ending. <laughs> if you give them an inch, they will take a mile, so don't do it. How many steps could you go into that story? If I were to quiz you right now, you got about four in. I was done. Oh, you're done. Okay. I was done it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's true. I think the same thing. I, I apply that logic constantly when it comes to the Second Amendment in particular. Yes. Because like, I try to tell people I'm not a gun guy. Like I grew up in Connecticut. You're not passionate about bump stocks. Yeah, yeah I'm not at all. <laughs> yeah. However, I'm very passionate about bump stocks, right? Right, right? At the same time, because you can't even give them bump stocks. Yep. You can't do it. They will take more and more and more no matter what. And progressives do this. This is what, and this is what, you know, I mean, we're seeing this with like with everything from defund the, the police to, uh, you know, all these issues around, you know, the LGBTQIA2 plus community, all these things as they go for things that might even make plenty of sense in yeah. some regards. Like, I, you know, we talked about this, I think, at one point 
there are gun restrictions that like I think the American people would be fine with. Right. But you can't give them those restrictions because that's not their end goal. They're trying to constantly grab more and more of our freedom and we have to take it innocent until proven guilty, right? Mm -hmm. Free unless proven they must be detained. Uh, and with Brittany, with all of these issues, there seems to be a theme here. More control coming from the government. Yeah, which is uh, which is why I say, always say no to the government. Always, always, every <laughs> single time. Just say, don't pay your taxes. Wow. Don't do, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm just going, I'm going all out here. Tax advice. So this will be Gonzalez. so this will be my last episode on the program. <laughs> I'm actually going to get arrested uh, when I exit the uh, the building. Uh, before we get, before we go, is there... A political solution. Who's the political solution? If we're talking about yeah. candidates going forward, is there anybody out there that you're seeing and you're like super excited about? Well, that's a great question. I mean, I will say that I, I don't I need to do more digging on state wide. Right. Because mm -hmm. um, different states, I don't know enough about, I think. But I think when we're talking nationally, um, the problem is that the Republicans are not much better. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, especially when you're talking about taking power. I think that the progressives are really good at chipping away at certain things. But Republicans are even big establishment Republicans are not going to uh, give the power back to the people once they have taken it. It's very rare that anyone in government yeah. does that. Never gets reversed. No, they, they're not going to reverse what they what they already take. So I do think that um, it is important to uh, to vet all of these candidates. I think nationally, I, I love DeSantis, but. Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems great. I, 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 I think the I, way he handled yeah. COVID was amazing. I think well, it speaks, yeah. vol right. It speaks yeah. volumes about how he feels about personal liberties. Right, because in a tough situation, I mean, Christy Noem got a lot of credit for that too. Yes. In a tough situation where there's lots of pressures to do one thing, they stuck with their principles. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big thing. That's right. A, that's a really important thing. Right, right, exactly, because it's a lot of talk uh, until yep. actually the rubber meets the road and you're faced with some sort of a crisis. It's how you manage that and how you act in that situation that really is going to tell what you're going to be like when the going gets tough. Do you understand this race in the same way? And I know we're way ahead of the presidential yeah. race, but it's, it's you, you can almost have to do well, it. Well, you watch Joe Biden not able yeah. to coherently form a sentence, and you got to think about that. Yeah, next your time mind around. starts to race a little mm -hmm. bit. But are you at the same understanding of me that we could talk about DeSantis, we could talk about Noam, we could talk about whoever you want? The bottom line is the person making this decision is Donald Trump. Because if Donald Trump runs, it is his nomination. Yeah. He is going to be the candidate. And the only question will be is, is it DeSantis? as the number two, is it Noam as the number two, as the VP? If he's in, everyone else is out. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I will say this too, you know, I'm, I'm a Trump girl, mm -hmm. right? But I don't, I, I, I hope for the country's sake that he decides, which I think he should as a personal decision, he decides this, I, I'm good in my private life. Really? Right? Like I'm not, yeah. Because you're a big fan and I am. you don't, you, why don't you think he should be the guy? Because oh. I'm tired of having the conversation about one man. Right. It's so much bigger than one man right now. And if we mm. have Trump again, the whole conversation will be, he's a racist, he's a white supremacist, right. he's a xenophobe. Remember that comment he made about people crossing the border and how they're murdered and rapists. Remember when he said there were good people on both sides? These are conversations that we've had a million times with these people. We know the true answers, right? We know that they were taken out of context. But I think the longer he is in the picture, the more we have to have these repeat conversations and we can't just move forward to the actual issues. And it's part of that argument, too, that he can maybe have more influence, yeah. you know, with these other candidates. 
110 percent, mm -hmm. I think. I, I think that if he were on the sidelines, he can still be involved, but then he doesn't have to be the one in the media for the next four years taking all the daggers, right? Let someone else take the daggers for you. Yeah, and, and I don't know. I may be wrong on this, but, like, to me, he almost has veto rights right now. Like, if he I, yes, says no, DeSantis is bad tomorrow, I, completely agree. I, I don't agree. think that people think he's good. Yeah, but, you know, I 110% I, I agree. I think he's he obviously is the one who holds the most clout, and everyone is waiting with bated breath to see what he does. Um, I, I hope that he decides that his private life is worth just living out and, you know, He's go, got a go sweet be a life. Yes, go go play <laughs> golf. Go be grandpa. Don't take the daggers from the media. Let someone else do that. Mm. Um, and he's going to be old. So, yeah, we'll see. that's true. Really, well, not, he won't be older than the guy in office, at least right now. Uh, Sarah <laughs> Gonzalez, host of Blaze TV's News and Why It Matters, as well as uh, Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered on YouTube and all of the social medias everywhere. Big things happening with Sarah. Thank you so much, Sarah. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for joining me in my mission to do America. It's not an impossible mission, but it is a big one, so I appreciate your help. Head over to my Instagram page if you can, at Studios America, for exclusive pics and content and the link in the bio. Of course, we'll take you to the platforms where you can stream this little, stupid little show, including the uh, audio podcast, where you can go rate us five stars. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. Follow, rate, review, all the things. And the best thing about it is, not only does it do something good for me, but it hurts others because they'll like move down the list and stuff. So it's great for those two reasons. I mean, imagine Rachel Maddow just sitting at home and realizing people are subscribing to Stu Does America instead of her. Makes you feel a little warm inside, doesn't it? Okay, uh, by the way, another thing that would make you feel pretty warm inside is if you happen to be Bobby Bonilla today. It's July 1st, it's Bobby Bonilla Day. It's one of my favorite days of the year. I do love the story oh so much. To take you back in time, the year 1999, 2000 in there. And basically, uh, the Mets have Bobby Badia, one of their aging superstars, who's hitting, I think, 160 or something. Not, not, not doing well. He was about to, to uh, be done with his uh, run uh, in the major leagues. And the Mets still owed him $5.9 million. And they decided that they really wanted to take some money and go after some new free agents to make a championship run. So they said to Bobby, they said, instead of paying you the $5.9 million, what if we defer that pay and we'll pay you $1.193 million? And we'll do that every year from, I think, 2011 to 2035. Every year on July 1st, we will send you a check for almost $1.2 million. And that check will be good. For an entire year of fun. And if you're Bobby Bonilla, you're thinking to yourself, you're going to pay me. I mean, what's the total here? Uh, you add up all that money over all of those years. That would be $29.8 million. You're going to pay me $29.8 million when you only owe me $5.9? That's insane. But yes, I will accept your offer and I will go home. And I will sit around for a few years until all this kicks in. So it has kicked in now. It kicked in in, I think, 2010 or 2011. And now he, every year at this day, gets a check for $1.2 million. And you think to yourself, why the hell would the New York Mets do this? Why would they pay Bobby Bonilla 
$29.8 million when they only owed him $5.9 million. Well, there's an answer to that. First of all, they really did want to, to go after a championship, and it paid off. They were able to bring in people, and he, they were able to get to the World Series that year. They almost got a championship, but they got to the World Series. An understandable type of thing. You've got to give away a few million dollars, maybe, uh, and you, you maybe get a, you get a shot at a World Series. I mean, certainly you want your team to take risks like that if you have a team like the New York Mets, who you know, don't always do all that well. Uh, but more importantly, they had a plan. You see, they had 10 years of not having to pay any money at all. And that $5.9 million could earn interest. Maybe they could invest it in some way. Maybe if they had a brilliant money man who could turn that $5.9 million into much more than $29.8 million, then they'd be outsmarting the system, right? They had that money man. His name, unfortunately for them, Bernie Madoff. (laughs) Yes, one of the main reasons they made this deal is because they were making 20, 30, 40% per year from Bernie Madoff. So they could invest this money with Bernie, make all this cash, because he was outsmarting the system, and then they could use that money to pay off Bobby Bonilla. You might have heard in the news this did not work out well. <laughs> in fact, not only uh, did it not work out well, but the whole thing collapsed, obviously, a Ponzi scheme. Now, uh, Bernie Madoff, of course, is dead. Uh, The Mets have sold the team, and the new owner, who uh, is one of the richest men in the world, is now kind of playing it up. He's finally realized, I think smartly, that this is a thing that the Mets fans love to hate. Uh, And they now are going to bring Bobby Bonilla back to, like, be part of a Bobby Bonilla Day sort of celebration eventually. Uh, They were talking about him maybe um, driving around in, like, you know, a convertible and getting a giant check. Uh, on the field every year, which I think is great. I think what they should do is they should take a check for $1.193 million, the exact amount, and give it away to a fan every year and have Bobby Bonilla give them the check on the field before the game. That's a cool promotion. Maybe they'll take me up on it. Of course, it's not my money to give away. So there you go. They also did this with other players, by the way. This was a big strategy of the Mets at the time to defer payment. I think Brett Saberhagen, who was a great pitcher, uh, but also is getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year until uh, the 2030s. So these these decisions are going to take a long time to unwind and uh, not exactly unfortunate or not exactly fortunate for anyone other than Bobby Bonilla. Bonilla, uh, happy Bobby Bonilla Day. As he says, no one remembers my birthday, but everybody remembers July 1st. Back in a second. You know, Built Bar is the official sponsor of the uh, Olympic uh, USA track and field team, but they really should be the official sponsor of Bobby Bonilla Day. That's what they should go for. If you haven't heard about Built Bar yet, well, what are you missing out on? I mean, you're, this is a big deal here. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors. Uh, they have some limited time flavors that kind of pop in and pop out. They're always innovating here, but they have great flavors like peanut butter brownie, uh, double chocolate, salted caramel, mint brownie, a bunch of great ones. And uh, if you don't know which, which Built Bar you want to try, well, there's, get the mixed box. There's two of each in nine flavors. Built Bars are the best tasting protein bar out there. They're also healthy. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, about four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, no matter what diet you're on, or if you're not on a diet at all, Built Bars are great for you. Built.com is the place to go to find them. Built 
Built.com, B-U-I-L-T.com. Use the promo code STU15. You'll save 15% off your first order. Why not do such a thing? Use that promo code STU15. That's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, you'll get 15% off at Built.com. It's Built.com. Promo code STU15. Kamala Harris is having a bit of a problem right now. One of the reasons she's having this problem is she's terrible at her job. So basically, there's this whole thing going on um, internally at Kamala's office. She's, uh, people are saying it's a toxic work environment. Uh, it is rife with dissent. Not a healthy environment is another quote. Uh, interviews uh, 22 current and former vice presidential aides, administration officials, and associates of Harris and Biden describe a tense and at times dour office atmosphere. Aides said uh, that uh, they're trying to protect Harris and they've instead created an insular environment where ideas are ignored or met with harsh dismissals and decisions are dragged out. Often they say she refuses to take responsibility for delicate issues and blames staffers for the negative results that ensue. That is completely consistent with everything we know about Kamala Harris. This is who she is. And, you know, there was an argument uh, made that she was a good pick for vice president. Uh, obviously, if you listen to this show, I, you probably know that I did not think she was a good pick for vice president. Not even necessarily because she has absolutely no talent as a politician. More honestly about the fact that she's not, she does not see herself as a number two. You know who saw themselves as a number two was Mike Pence, right? Pence was like, you know what? He went, I mean, look, I, you know, we can get into the, the January 6th thing, which I know a lot of people have kind of turned on Pence over. But I mean, the bottom line is throughout four years of the administration, he basically publicly agreed with every single thing that Donald Trump said. You know, Sarah Palin got in trouble when she was running with John McCain because she would occasionally say things that McCain didn't agree with. And if you're running for president, you want someone who's going to go along with what you say uh, every single time. You don't, want, you don't want them to be a distraction. Kamala sees herself as a real number one, a number one in number two's clothing. And she's got to sit back and listen to this bumbling dolt, this old fool go around and run his mouth and, and gaff all over the place when she's the star. She's supposed to be the one in front. You know, she is, if you are... And, you know, in, in basketball reference, she's the me player. She's the person who wants to take every shot. She doesn't care if she's missing them all. She doesn't care if she looks like a ball hog. She wants to be the star. She wants to tell you about all her great stats. And that's tough as a vice president. So she, the one role that she's taken on has been this border situation, which has been an unmitigated catastrophe. She could not have done a worse job with this issue. She's made it a bigger issue for the uh, administration, not a smaller one. She's really flailed, and of course, that's you know that's led into tough treatment uh, for the staff. So it has not been pretty. Now, the only pe- person I can think of who's been more toxic to their workers, of course, would be Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo, who, by the way, is awful. Andrew Cuomo is awful. Get your gear there. Uh, New York's assembly has now okayed subpoenas in the Cuomo impeachment uh, probe. This is a a big deal because now you can force people basically to answer your questions about Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo does not want anyone answering questions about him. Uh, In fact, uh, he he wants to run and he wants to be governor. Really, I would say almost in perpetuity. That would be his preference. However, only a third of New York voters now say 
that he should run for re-election. Obviously, part of this is the sexual harassment stuff. A bigger part, I think, is the fact that he shut down the state. Uh, he, he was like always on the wrong side of it. He shut down the state when he shouldn't shut down the state. Uh, and he uh, did not shut down the state when probably he should have. I mean, early on, we have no testing. This, you know, COVID's going out of control, but we don't really know that for sure because we don't know where any of the COVID is. We don't have any tests. And Cuomo's gone TV being like, no, of course we're keeping the schools open. We're keeping everything open. Uh, then a week later, it's totally changed his tune on that. So everyone kind of noticed, <laughs> sadly enough, uh, that he is awful. Andrew Cuomo is awful. Dot com. Kenosha City Council has voted 17 to nothing to reject Jacob Blake's claim for damages from his police shooting. You may remember, of course, Jacob Blake. He was shot needlessly by police after only pulling a knife on them. What a what a bastard. Uh, these police are just terrible. ACAB. Am I right? <laughs> or am I right? By the way, he also uh, sexually assaulted the same girl who he was uh, putting in danger that day as well. But we're supposed to act as if none of that happened and say he's a hero or something. Well, they're not going to give him as much money as he wants. That's positive. And uh, in uh, Jacob Blake may be testing your memory a little bit as to who he was. You kind of remember the name. It's the Kenosha case last year. One of the big flare-ups. You may also uh, barely be able to recall this name. Rachel Dolezal. Do you remember her? She was the African-American woman who was totally African-American and was so African-American, people couldn't really even see it in her. I mean, it was just like, she looks white. No, you cannot tell by looking at someone what color they are. That is not right. Rachel Dolezal um, has now come to the defense of a British influencer who has come out as transracial. So the British influencer was like, I'm British, but you know what? I'm actually Korean. And everyone got very upset about that. I don't know why. We are all supposed to act as if men can be women and women can be men, not even by surgery, but just by words. It's like, you know, people just coming out and saying Beetlejuice three times and he's going to appear. Like, I, this is not how this whole thing works. But why not here? If we're going to accept that standard... Why not say that you can change race just because you want to? At least he had some surgeries, some plastic surgery to, to apparently appear more Korean. Well, Rachel Dolezal is on his side. I don't know if he wants her on his side, but uh, Rachel has come around and said, you know what? You can be, uh, you can be a different race than uh, you appear, uh, and that's totally fine. So you have the backing of Rachel Dolezal. As long as you have that, you have, well, you really have nothing. But what are you going to do? As you may have detected on this program, I'm a pretty big fan of the state of Texas. We live here now. I never want to leave. I don't even want to leave my town most of the time. And I grew up in the Northeast. I've lived in Florida and Pennsylvania and, you know, n never really anywhere out West. But, you know, I've moved around a lot. In radio, you move around like all the time. And so normally I'm very defensive of Texas generally because I love it here. It's my favorite place I've lived. One really weird thing, and I, and I swear this is true, 
because and people in Texas would be stunned that I would say it this way. But I swear to you that this is true. When you are in Texas and you go to the movies, they have pickles. At the movies, like popcorn, soda, candy, pickles. Why the hell do they have pickles at the movies? I I don't know. There's an article out today uh, that says Texans eat pickles at the movie theater and they're surprised to learn no one else does. No, no one else does. They used to just have them in giant jars and you'd go to the person behind the counter and be like, hey, can I get some popcorn? And can you, I don't know, use your tongs and take out a pickle to give it to me to go to the movies? It makes absolutely no sense at all. It's the single worst thing about Texas. That's it. Not the 900 degree heat, the pickles at the movies. Actually, they're optional. You don't have to eat them. So uh, that's good. And I will say, if you've ever heard of the Texas State Fair, you know it gets weirder than pickles. Uh, They actually have deep fried sweet tea, which actually does not sound bad. I will say we went there um, a while ago for Pat and Stu when we we were doing all the taste testing stuff. You have some of that food and you just, your body wants to explode. Too much, too much batter. Too much.